Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point, featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the extra point is good. point on this Wednesday, June 28th. Bob Camp, Caleb Mortolaro with you up until noon today, as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. We'll have a four-pack of Diamondbacks tickets for you for the 4th of July extravaganza at Chase Field as they're taking on the Mets. The first 15,000 fans to the game will receive a patriotic tee. For more information and tickets, if you're not a winner today or the rest of this week, dbacks.com slash tickets to secure your seats. We'll have that coming up here uh, in the extra point. But let's reset the scene with today's poll questions and let's start with the KDOS1060.com poll question, which is in regards to the Diamondbacks in the news about Merrill Kelly uh, going on to the 15-day IL. Rank the level of D-backs urgency to add starting pitching with Merrill Kelly going to the injured list. High remains out in front at 73% of the vote, moderate trailing at 27%, and low pulling up the rear with 0% of the vote. I think the low people got this right. Um, I think there was a level of urgency to add starting pitching before the announcement that Kelly was hitting the injured list yesterday. So I'll just end it at that for now. The series against the Rays continues today. Bob had a conversation with Mark Topkin of the Tampa Bay Times talking all things Rays. And if you missed it, podcast, KDOS1060.com, as well as with the KDOS1060 app, the question on Twitter pertaining to those Rays, at KDOSAM1060 to cast your vote, do the Tampa Bay Rays have enough healthy starting pitching to win the World Series? No continues to lead the way here at 55.6% of the vote. Yes, trailing at 44.4%. Yeah, un- unfortunately and uh, accurately, I will say at the same time, uh, much of the tom- conversation with Mark had to do with the non-healthy starting pitching uh, for the Rays and uh, the possible good news about Shane McClanahan, who left his last start last week uh, with uh, you know, his velocity was way down. It was alarming at the time. And then uh, he left the game with uh, some back issues, but not terrible. But you never know about back issues, as we've talked about over the years, no matter what the sport, uh, you know, human beings. I'm sure most of you know somebody that's had some back problems, and it uh, seems to be, luckily, I, amazingly, I've not had any real back issues over the years. Um, but uh, it's just kind of a you know, touch-and-go situation, no pun intended. Uh, so uh, but McClanahan seems to be okay, but uh, they've got other guys that are out for a very long time, including Jeffrey Springs is out for the season. And he started the season with uh, you know, three or four consecutive starts of pretty close to no-run ball. And uh, he's out in Rasmussen. They really don't know if he's going to pitch again this season. Yeah, that was going to be my next question with Topkin here is that is there any good news, glimmer of hope for the Rays for some of these pitchers and and the really the star-studded pitching staff that they have to be able to come back? 
Well, obviously, spring's done, and he's not even going to, you know, obviously, he's not going to start next season uh, after the uh, Tommy John surgery, even if it goes perfectly. Uh, it's un- highly unlikely he will start next season. Usually, it's 12 to 14 months. The Rasmussen thing was really strange because, at least, you know, from uh, way from the outside, I'm way out from way from the outside, but he, uh, you know, threw a, a dynamic. You know, this is this is when the Yankees had a lineup as opposed to now, uh, with Judge included and others. Uh, he completely dominated the Yankees at Yankee Stadium in the start, and I just remember thinking, man, that was as you know, that was as impressive a performance that I've seen from any pitcher this year, including now, like six weeks later. Uh, he was just great, and the next day, they put him on the 60-day injured list. Uh, with forearm strain, so they really don't know what the situation is. And uh, listen to the you know, listen to our podcast of Mark's interview. He described it much better than I'm going to try to attempt in a short form here. They're just going to he comes back and they're just going to do it's like the baby steps thing. They'll teach him kind of how to pitch again and see if he can pitch right now for the rest of this at some point this season. We'll get into the answer to that question uh, around 11.30 today. We'll take your phone calls if you'd like to join the program around 11.15-602-260-1060 is the number. Let's get into a bit about the Suns and the NBA and DeAndre Ayton. And I don't think that uh, Suns DA rumors are going to slow down anytime soon, especially since the uh, free agency period gets underway on Friday and there's plenty of things left for the Suns to try to accomplish to round out their roster here. So we had over the weekend, Chris Haynes reporting that the Suns plan to keep DeAndre Ayton. Then you have Mark Stein reporting Tuesday, yesterday, that the team almost sent Ayton to the Mavs during the draft. Stein reporting that Ayton to Dallas would have been for Tim Hardaway Jr., Rashawn Holmes, and JaVale McGee, but the Suns didn't want McGee and the deal fell apart. Um, does this put uh, more been been there done that right with McGee even though he was good here for the he one year he was good here and actually you, you, I forgot the other big guy's name the guy who played for Holmes Holmes they had him they had him too uh, for a while and he actually was pretty good in Sacramento last year for a while and seemed like he fell out of favor at some point. Uh, does this put more or less pressure on Frank Vogel to try to get more out of Ayton? I guess. I mean, I just think that uh, you know, perhaps probably probably asking the wrong guy. I definitely. I don't know if it's on Vogel, but uh, just is he going to be the who else defends on this team? Yeah, you know, Durant uh, is a good defender, not as good as he used to be. He's not as good as he used to be in anything, but he's still pretty good. Uh, but other than that, who actually on this team can get a, you know have a defensive stand? And you know, signing Ish Wainwright, uh, re-signing, you know, picking up his the option on his contract yesterday, certainly not going to help that any. Um, you know, he's an okay defender. He shot 37% last year. Uh, he should not be a backup player on any good team, let alone one that thinks it's a championship contender. So, uh, I just uh, to answer your question or not answer your question about Eaton, I have no idea. Um, you know, Aiton can you know, has had times where he's protected the rim. He's gotten much better in screen roll defense, which is obviously a huge thing in the NBA. 
especially if you're a big guy and they put you in those situations frequently. Uh, but do they have anybody, and I mean anybody, that can actually stop uh, opposing guards from penetrating into the paint and either creating easy shots for themselves or somebody else, which they did not do last year. They didn't have that last year, and certainly, you know, their offseason acquisitions here. You know, Beal is a, a marginal at best defender. Uh, Booker, I know people went out of their minds because he had a couple of decent stops in a couple of games in a couple of playoff games, but he's not a good defender. Chris Paul, that was the biggest decline of his career was he went from good defender to pretty much not a good defender at all unless he was just playing passing lanes and so forth, which he's smart enough to at least take advantage of occasionally. But I just think that this has a chance, unfortunately, to be a horrendous defensive team. So they better score 130 a night in the regular season. That could work. In the postseason, I don't think it has any chance of working. Uh, to your point, though, about uh, the reported exercise of Ish Wainwright's contract that's for a $1.9 million option for the 2023-2024 season. The Suns also have the deadline tomorrow on whether or not they will extend qualifying offers to Darius Baisley campaign and Saban Lee, which would be a two-way contract for Lee. So those are some of the choices Suns have. Um, I know there's really no way... Do they have? Do they actually have any choices there? They got to gotta fill out a roster... So those guys, I assume, are all going to be here next year. Yeah, choice is, uh, I guess, it's, uh, an interesting word because you almost have limited choices, right? Obviously, Payne's going to be here because you know, you know some people actually think he's going to be their starting point guard, which I think is zero chance of happening. Well, I shouldn't say zero. There should, there's, there should be zero chance that he's a starting point guard on any NBA team, let alone a playoff team that has aspirations to win a championship or thinks they can win one. 602-260-1060, that's the number to join the show. We'll certainly take some NBA conversation with the trade, uh, the, I guess, free agency period, I should say, upcoming here on. Tampering. Tampering. Yes. The tampering period yeah. upcoming yeah. here on Friday. Uh, Arizona Diamondbacks discussion. We'll also get into CBSSports.com's Garrett Podell ranks the NFL's top 10 safeties of 2023. And there is an Arizona Cardinal that makes the list. So we'll see uh, where, I mean, I'm J- sure. You- Jalen Thompson. I was going to say, I think everyone knows which Arizona Cardinal I'm referring to. It's just more of uh, what okay. number he, he pulls in at. Okay. Buda Baker. Will he still be an Arizona Cardinal? That's a great question. Uh, as it is for now, yes, he showed up. Uh, and we'll see how things go during training camp. But 602-260-1060, that's the number if you'd like to join the show. We'll get into that NFL safety topic next as well. Bringing you the latest sports topics weekly right here on KDUS AM 1060 with me, the Doug Gottlieb Show, 1 to 3 p.m.
718 right here on KDOS AM 1060, online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Time is winding down for the month of June to download the new KDOS 1060 app, register and follow along with the instructions to get yourself eligible for a chance at the $100 gift certificate brought to you by uh, Superbook Sports. As promised, let's get into the CBSSports.com's Garrett Podell uh, ranking the NFL's top 10 safeties of 2023. A bad tease by me about how there's an Arizona Cardinal on this list <laughs> and who is he going to be. Uh, but he, I tried to help you. You did. <laughs> you, did. you know what? There's also a former Arizona Cardinal on this list. Oh, okay. okay yeah, there we go. All right. The tease is getting better. All right. Let's start. Yeah. <laughs> let's start here with number 10 on the list, and it's uh, Kyle Duggar from the Patriots. He can play strong safety. He can also play slot corner. According to Pro Football Focus, Pro Football Focus is referenced a lot in this here for their, their uh, kind of compilation of this list. He is listed as the fifth highest coverage grade among safeties at 80.1. And he has become a really integral part of Bill Belichick's defensive scheme, being able to uh play in all the different areas that he does because more and more offenses are going to a more of a pass heavy heavy set. Okay, Miss Patriots fan, tell us what you think of him. I think he's really good. So I agree with this. You know, based upon the rest of the, the, the list that we're going to see, I maybe would have had him uh, a little bit better than 10, but I definitely think yeah. top 10 for sure. Yeah, I, I'm surprised that he's not higher also. Number nine on this list, this is where the former – Arizona Cardinal comes into play. It's Tyron Matthew with the Saints. I'm really curious to get your thoughts here. Uh, on Pro Football Focus, he was the highest graded safety last season at 88.1. When a pass completed uh, in his direction, he gave up just 7.6 yards per catch. And health for Tyron Matthew has been a factor, but he did, in fact, play all 17 games in 2022. Yeah, I had no idea he played all 17 games. Um, I've always thought he was overrated when even he was at the pinnacle of his career, whether that be here or uh, when he was in Kansas City. Um, didn't watch that much last year of him, to be honest, so I'm not real sure if he was you know that good. But the majority of his career, when I have watched him, so I think a substantial amount of time, He's a much better player at the line of scrimmage than he usually is in pass defense. So those numbers from last year surprised me. The Saints were an interesting team last year because there were the expectations, and you had Dennis Allen taking over for, for I mean, it was his second stint as a head coach, but his first time with the Saints. You also had maybe some struggles defensively for the Saints, and you were a little surprised because that was Dennis Allen's forte, and, and he didn't change, the personnel didn't change. But then toward, like, the middle to end of the year, the Saints defense started to play much more like how we yeah. anticipated the Saints defense to play. Yeah, they're actually they were a top ten defense by the end of the season. They weren't as good. They've been top ten defense for many years in a row. I don't know how many off the top of my head, but you know they've been really good. They had some injuries, remember too, early in the season defensively. Their offense just also put them in horrible put the defense in terrible positions uh, through the majority, if not damn near all, the season. 
so I'm guessing they're hoping that gets better with Derek Carr this year. Uh, number eight on this list is Antoine Winfield Jr. with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He can play uh, strong safety against the run and slot cornerback in coverage. Has the best pass rush grade of safeties, according to Pro Football Focus, with a grade of 91.6. And he also has an 85.5 grade second best against the run. I totally buy into this. And also, I might be a little biased here. His father uh, is a uh, Possibly my favorite Ohio State defensive player ever. And uh, they're very similar. Um, you know, they both uh, play pass and run. Uh, you know, they, you know, when you know, dad was playing uh, and when now, you know, Junior is playing, uh, they're versatile defenders. Uh, I'm still mad at uh, Junior that he didn't go to Ohio State and went to Minnesota. I <laughs> never quite understood that. Uh, bad recruiting by, I guess, Urban Meyer. Screwed that up. But, uh, you know, he's good. He's really good. And, uh, you know, the fact that you know, some of those numbers might be a little skewed um, because he played on a defense that uh, wasn't as good as we thought it was going to be last year. Yes. And somebody, somebody had to make some plays, right? And he did. <laughs> so good for him. Bad for the rest of the defenders, I think. Number seven on the list is Jordan Poyer with the Bills. He allowed just 22.7% of his targets as the primary defender to get a first down or a touchdown. The Bills were 12-0 with him on the field in 2022, but that's the problem is that they were 12-0 with him on the field, and uh, he did miss some significant amount of time last season. And is he still on their team? I'm not even sure he's still on their team. Uh, I know that there was uh, some speculation that he may not be brought back, so I'm not positive about that. When he, I, this, I think you, you pretty much just, you know, summed it up. When he plays, they win. <laughs> so uh, he's really a tremendous player when he's out there. But unfortunately, last year he wasn't out there for a long. You know, well, he was for some stretches, but you know, he had missed some big games, and they didn't do well in those games. I guess there was some, uh, you know, wondering about what he was going to do. Uh, but on March 15th, he signed a two-year contract extension with the okay. Bills. Well, that's so good. he'll be back. The, the rest, unfortunately, the rest of their defense, uh, a lot, well, I shouldn't say the rest of it, but certainly the middle of their defense, which has been their strength for several years, in my opinion, they're missing some guys from last year because they got, either didn't re-sign them in Edmonds uh, you know, his safety teammate, whose name is escaping me at the moment, is no longer there. Uh, so they they're not they they're going to have to find some new dudes at key positions on defense. Uh, then you have number six on this list, Kevin. Uh, Kevin Beard with the Titans, 27 interceptions since 2017, which is the most in the NFL by a safety in that time frame. This is just interesting to me because I I, I don't think great defense and think Tennessee Titans. You did it probably until a couple years ago, though. I think that they, yes. they were you know, real good defense, and he was a big part of that, and you know run the ball and shorten the game and so forth. So that was a formula to win. Uh, until the last couple of years when their offensive line, quite frankly, has fallen apart and that formula has gone down the tank. Number five on this list is uh, Hafunga from the 49ers. He became a first-year full-time starter back in 2022 and statistically four interceptions, two sacks, and seven quarterback pressures. 
I'm stunned that he's ranked this highly. Uh, you know, a couple of the guys we've already you know gone through here, I think, should be ahead of him. Uh, he made a, some plays last year. He also got burned in some big plays last year. And I think that he certainly, I think he's going to get better. I mean, he's a very young player, obviously. You mentioned the you know, time in the league there and so forth. But I'm really, really surprised that he ranks this highly this soon in his career. Do you think it's indicative of just overall the prowess of the 49ers defense? Yeah. And I don't think there's any question that, you know, the weakness of their defense almost by – yeah, unfortunately, it doesn't mean that the defensive backs were bad, but you know when they did have issues last year defensively, it was often because there were breakdowns in the secondary, and it's not like they weren't getting a great pass rush. And that secondary also plays in front of the three best linebackers on any team in the NFL, uh, and that group is still intact. Uh, so but, uh, you know, it was just uh, you know. There were some blown assignments, and that's why they had some games where they had some alarming numbers that weren't good defensively. Number four on this list, drum roll here, it is the Arizona Cardinals safety, Buda Baker. He was fourth best last year in run-stop rate at 6.1% for safeties, and he ranked third in tackles at or behind the line of scrimmage with eight among safeties in 2022. And, of course, we know about his hustle. We always see him running sideline to sideline. We see him uh, completely out of the picture frame, and then we see him in the picture frame making a key play. So, uh, heart and effort and hustle is never in question with Buda Baker. Agreed, but once again, very similar to Matthew, in my opinion, at least when Matthew is here. Uh, tremendous at the line of scrimmage. You mentioned the tackles behind the line. That wasn't just blitzing the quarterback. That was also you know some really instinctive blitzing plays and running downs and so forth. And uh, not the greatest guy. You can get him in one-on-one coverage, and he's been burned you know, more than once in his Cardinals career when teams have gotten him into one-on-one coverage. But you know, that's partly the defensive scheme and you know, partly you know, you know, a couple games against the Niners, specifically where he's been, for some reason, stuck on George Kittle, and that's not going to work out for most safeties. No, I was going to say, George Kittle is probably going to win that battle uh I don't want to put a percentage on it, but he's going to win that battle more times than not. Um, True. Then they then they put Isaiah Simmons on, and that worked. That was even worse. So you know, see what happens now. Number three on with the, the with the with the new people in charge defensively. Sorry to interrupt. Oh you yeah, no, we we do yeah. have a lot of question marks, and it'll be curious to see how everybody is lining up. I know. I mean, I know we have you know the reports and Isaiah Simmons talking about it when he's met the media here in offseason workouts about how he's working more uh, with the safeties, not with the the linebacking crew. Uh, so just kind of how everybody is going to line up and what the expectations are, and and we'll kind of see, I guess, maybe a base of that uh, once training camp gets started. I wouldn't be surprised if you know, if Isaiah Simmons would actually leave here because I think that there's I think you can make a case that uh, they've just screwed him up. Uh, so you know, it wouldn't be the first time that a player that was highly thought of when he first played with one organization left and went somewhere else and became a star. Wouldn't yeah. shock me. The the light bulb clicks. Uh, you know, certainly you could have that. Or, with... or they put it, or they put them in the right position to make plays. And I don't know if they've done that here either. 
it, you know, to, to your point, a totally new regime and whether or not, you know, the the atmosphere is something that he's uh, open to and the new the new uh, coaching staff is embracing him in a different way that allows him to succeed, puts him putting him in different positions to succeed. We could see him blossom, but just from a contractual point of view, they have a lot of things to decide and they at least made one decision by not picking up that option. Yeah, I get that, no question. And you know, the, just for people that have missed me preach about Simmons since he was at Clemson, I'm his. I was his biggest fan, and now I just wonder what's up. Number three on this list, it is Justin Simmons with the Broncos. He has six interceptions, which co-led the league in 2022. He also has 20 interceptions since 2019. And obviously the Broncos have had, uh, that wasn't their problem. The defense was not their problem last year. This guy's a stud, has been a stud. When he's on the field, he's had a couple of injuries over the last couple of years here and there. Played through some of those also. Uh, he he's he's the real deal. It's inarguable. Is it maybe surprising to you that he doesn't get more publicity than maybe the next two guys that I'm going to talk about? Uh, forgot who I know who one of them is. Yeah, not to, ask me that after we get. Okay, we'll get through and I'll guys. go back to it. All right, yeah. number two on the list is Minka Fitzpatrick with the Steelers. Oh, yeah. uh, the, okay, that's a guy I forgot. <laughs> prototypical safety here, six interceptions. He too co-led the NFL in 2022 with those six interceptions. His Pro Football Focus grade of 83.2 is the fourth best among safeties, but it's the best of his career, um, and he. He certainly has only gotten better since becoming a Steeler back in 2019. True. Even though I think he made a pretty good case, an easy one. Remember when they, you know, he made play after play, I mean like game deciding play after play his first year in Pittsburgh. So almost no matter what he did last season was going to be as good <laughs> as it was his first year. Uh, so that's part of it. But actually, I'll kind of answer your question now for this, at least half of this is that I would actually have Simmons ahead of uh, Simmons ahead of him at this point, at least. I just was surprised to, to write down there that he's been a Steeler since 2019. Like, time is just flying by. I felt that's, like... That's very true. That's true. Yeah, it yes. feels like that whole thing just happened with him, with the Dolphins and the Steelers. Like, it should have just happened, and then it's 2019. Well, I don't know about you, but I swear I'm just I just blame everything on COVID. My my whole time frame of you know the world in general is kind of just gone downhill. <laughs> well, we'll have to get it back uphill here soon. Uh, yeah, well, don't don't wait for that. <laughs> CBSSports.com's Garrett Podell, uh, his ranking of the NFL top ten safeties of 2023, and here we are at number one, Derwin James with the Chargers. He allowed the fewest yards per catch, seven yards among all safeties. He had four sacks, which is second best as a safety in 2022, and he also combined that with nine quarterback pressures. He also had 115 tackles in 2022, which was ranked fifth among safeties and when you talk about Derwin James and where is Derwin, Derwin James on the field where is he lining up the numbers of where he was at strong safety last year 39% of the time he lined up there at free safety 32.8% of the time slot cornerback 19.1% outside linebacker at 7.1% and outside cornerback at 2% of the time and the Cardinals remember that game they played here was that last year last year yeah it's last year yes 
I remember we sat next to each other in that game in the Cardinals press box, and I pointed out like a hundred times, are they going to block that dude at some point? Because they never really figured out where he was. Uh, unfortunately, he's not been healthy uh, every year. And I believe he's had significant time missed in two of the last three years. But when he's out there, yeah, he is yeah, – I know that Parsons and Micah Parsons – gets all the acclaim that he's like the biggest like difference-making defender in the NFL. You can make a case that James is not too far behind or maybe even ahead. Uh, 602-260-1060. Caller number uh, two right now is the winner of the four-pack of tickets to the Diamondbacks' July 4th game, Chase Field. The Diamondbacks will be taking on the Mets, and the first 15,000 fans to the game will receive a patriotic tee. Visit dbacks.com slash tickets to secure your seats now if you're not a winner. Caller number two right now, a four-pack of tickets. 602-260-1060 is the number. 602 602- 260 1060 it's poll question time on the other side of the break so we will get into the diamondbacks as well as the tampa bay rays uh but caller number two 602 260 1060 it is the extra point right here on kdos am 1060 online at kdos 1060.com and with the kdos 1060 app powered by superbook sports hey phoenix doug gottlieb here i'm bringing the best sports talk weekdays to you 1 to 3 p.m. right here on KDUS AM 1060. Eleven thirty-nine, right here on KDOS AM ten sixty. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS ten sixty and with the KDOS ten sixty app, powered by SuperBook Sports. Congratulations to our winner of the four pack of tickets to the Diamondbacks July fourth game, taking on the Mets. The first fifteen thousand fans to the game will receive a patriotic tee. For more information and to secure your tickets, visit dbacks.com slash tickets. We'll have more four packs uh, the rest of this week. A programming note for you here. It is lengthy, so bear with me here. The programming note is that the Sports Zone is off tomorrow, but Extra Point will air from 10 to noon, back in its entirety with the Sports Zone and Extra Point on Friday. Then Monday and Tuesday next week, which is the 3rd and the 4th, uh, both shows are off in celebration of Independence Day. Then we'll be with you Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And then July 10th, that week, we will be off on a well well-deserved and anticipated vacation. Uh, And then we'll be back on July 17th for you. But for now, let's get into the poll questions. The KDOS1060.com poll question regards to the Diamondbacks and Merrill Kelly's uh, 15-day IL placement here announced yesterday. Ranked the level of the D-backs' urgency to add starting pitching with Merrill Kelly going on the IL, high, moderate, or low? I'm going high. Uh, I would have said high before the Merrill Kelly news from yesterday. Um, you know, I just think that, you know, I don't think I'm the only person that believes this, but right now they only have two starting pitchers that you kind of know what you're getting most starts, and certainly those two guys. They've been so good. They both have nine victories so far. Well, I guess Gallon has ten now, right? Uh, nine or more victories this season. And uh, to my no, I know that last week when they both got their ninth wins, they were the only you know, tandem in baseball on one team that had nine you know, wins for many starting pitchers. And I don't think that's changed in the last week, but you know that shows you how good they've been. 
the rest of the rotation, whether it be Tommy Kelly, who's been excuse me, uh, Tommy Henry, who's been okay uh, at best, and then Ryan Nelson's had some nice starts here lately. We've already seen the Brandon Fott experience. Kyle Davies is pitching today. I'm guessing that that's not going to go well against Tampa Bay's really good offense. Uh, so they need, I think, to add at least one starting pitching uh, pitcher, or excuse me, before the deadline, roughly a month from now. August 1st is the deadline this year for the Major League Baseball, you know, the trade. You know, and remember, there's no... There used to be a waiver period after July 31st or whenever the first did the real trade deadline was where you could add some players, uh, but that is no longer that that's it. That that's it's, it's August the 1st this year. No more trades after that you know, for this season. Uh, there's yeah, I know there's one funky little way you can get around that a little bit, but nobody of substance is going to be traded after August the 1st. Let's put it that way. So to answer the question from many minutes ago, sorry, uh, that the, you know, the, I that it, it's the urgency has to be high that they add a starting pitcher. I think the question is, what do they give up? Do they give up some of their young minor league talent? Do they give up some of their current young talent on the major league roster? Uh, you know, how much are they going to be in to go for it this year, or do they think this is just the start of something and we've got several years to uh, you know go for it? Because we got such a young, uh, young nucleus of uh, uh, players. Unfortunately, I wish some more of those guys were pitchers. <laughs> Stealing my notes here. Uh, yeah, I. I oh, oh, it's about time that happened because I'm. You know, it's usually the other way around. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think pitching was already a need here, and uh, unless there is someone that we don't know about that's waiting in the wings in the minors here ready to go, you certainly have to look elsewhere for some of that other starting pitching. And I thought this uh, before Merrill Kelly's uh, IL stint, so we'll see how that goes for him and obviously hoping for the best. Um, when it comes, though, I think you make a great point that for me, the urgency should be high, but does the urgency match what you think of this team and what they are capable of doing this year. Are you ready to go all in on this year or are you going to continue with a path of building? And is I think, as you pointed out, the young nucleus is here. So is it still a road to get there or do you think the opportunity is now? And I, and I don't know. You know, how much do you look at this internally with the team and, and how well they're gelling? And if you don't want to, like, kind of upset that camaraderie and just how they kind of lift each other up uh, and, and pick each other up and the the, intri the intricate dynamics of the team that aren't the statistics of the team. How do you measure that? How do you look at, well, you know what, the Dodgers are having some issues over here too, so is this a time for us to pounce in the division, win the division? How much do you factor in just looking at things internally versus what you look at across the, the National League as well? So I think that there's a lot of decisions here that Hazen and the team are going to have to figure out, and with that in mind, you've been mentioning it here for a while, that pitchers are going to be a premium, whether it's starting or relief pitchers, so is that going to really start to drive up the price? And is that a bidding situation that the Diamondbacks can afford to get into? And do they want to get into it? Yeah, it's going to be a bidding war. And I think you also have to just kind of look at the Brave situation. I heard this morning that Cal Wright, he's not pitching before August. If he pitches again this season. He won 20 games last season. 
Max Freed, he actually looks like he's pretty close to coming back soon. And the Braves just closed out the Twins today, by the way, as we speak. Uh, at least as I speak. Uh, so there's that part. You have to wonder about the Dodgers. You know, they're supposed to get, uh, obviously, uh, Urias is supposed to come back this upcoming weekend. Walker Bueller uh, has been talked about coming back in late season, but mostly or completely, I haven't heard anybody say he's coming back as a starting pitcher. He's coming off a Tommy John surgery from last year. So those are the two teams that I think they're in most competition with in the feeble National League. So I think you have to kind of monitor or maybe even guess what they might do. Uh, both those teams have a history to go out, going out and getting guys, starting pitchers included, when they've needed them. So I would assume the Diamondbacks are going on the philosophy that the Dodgers and the Braves are going to both add arms at some point. Now, I'm not sure what happened here because High was leading significantly throughout the course of the shows. High is still out in front at 46% of the vote, but then Low has jumped to 38% of the vote, and Moderate is now trailing at 15% of the vote. That is the KDOS1060.com poll question. Okay. I think the low people are high, so how about that? All right. I will... uh, digress at kdos am 1060 <laughs> no, i think i i think i already did that <laughs> at kdos am 1060 on twitter bob had a great conversation with mark topkin tampa bay times if you missed that conversation about the rays podcast over at kdos 1060.com as well as with the kdos 1060 app do the tampa bay rays have enough healthy starting pitching to win the world series obviously shane mcclanahan has been great you have what happened in his last start and hopefully the good news that Mark was discussing with you for for the Rays and McClanahan moving forward, that it doesn't seem like anything that's too serious here. Uh, They just keep finding ways to get it done, though, don't they? And when you also think about pitching in the playoffs and how rotations do shrink a little bit, that maybe if somebody else can come back healthy, that they uh, feel good about that, that they don't have to make any massive moves uh, in order to, to put themselves right in position to be there. But I guess the question is, are they more of just a regular season team or do they have the horses to be able to because they're also, I I guess, as well, um, are they expending too much energy in the regular season? and Will they be ready to go in the postseason? So I kind of balancing all of that out. uh, I'm going to say no, that they probably want one more healthy pitcher. whether or not it's coming back from from the injured list or they have to make a move elsewhere. Yeah, I actually don't think there's any way they can win the World Series. Maybe that's too strong a comment because they're obviously tremendous on offense. Their defense has been really good, and they do lots of really good things. But, you know, with Springs out for the season, uh, we uh, they might have Russ, Rasmussen might be out for the season. Uh, you know, hopefully McClanahan's okay, and they think he is. Tyler Glass now hasn't been that good. Zach Eflin's been an unbelievable addition to them. He's been good. But I just don't see how those guys could stack up in the postseason and be counted on. They're going to have to add at least one arm. Mark mentioned that, you know, he, you know, even before I got to the question, he answered that they needed to add some starting pitching. But he doesn't think it's going to be like a, you know, a, a blockbuster, you know, frontline number one dude because A, there may not be those guys out there, and B, I don't think the Rays are going to give up, you know, the farm, so to speak, 
to get one of those guys if they're if they're out there that's another question are they actually those kind of guys going to be out there or not well, the masses have been kind of going back and forth with this, and now they've settled on a 50-50 split between yes and no. This is on t- Twitter, that, at that's, KDOS. That, that's, that's fair. Okay, so I'm, I'm good with that. Uh, that's on Twitter, at KDOS AM 1060. And, of course, the uh, series with the Rays and the Diamondbacks continues tonight. It is going to be who you mentioned, Zach Eflin, up against Zach Davies for the Diamondbacks. That's a 640 start on Bally Sports Arizona. And we will wrap up this edition, this Wednesday, June 28th edition of Extra Point on the other side of the break. I I need to mention, though, this when I was talking about the PGA Tour and how they're at the Rocket Mortgage Challenge. uh, And especially when Bill and Surprise called in and he was asking for some tips about his game. I know he was asking about the full swing, but don't forget about the putting. Putting is where you can always make up the strokes and make up the difference for when you you mess up from, from the fairway so give our friends over at putting world a try 16259 north scottsdale road in scottsdale see what they can do for you kdus am 1060 is the home to the dan patrick show the doug gottlieb show and sports map radio catch all the sports content here on am KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Bob, it's thank you time. As always, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to the callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever, and whatever else slipped through the cracks. Also, our guest today, Tampa Bay Rays discussion with Mark Topkin of the Tampa Bay Times. Uh, Mark is the man when it comes to Tampa Bay baseball. He's covered them since the inception in 1998. Uh, so good to talk to Mark. And uh, among other things, I didn't realize the Rasmussen thing was this bad or maybe this bad. So uh, hopefully he's okay and they'll figure it out and he'll be able to contribute before the end of the season. Also, sound today courtesy of Valley Sports Arizona WDAE, which is the Rays flagship station in Tampa St. Pete. WCBS 880 and also KNBR in San Francisco. Uh, special thanks, as always, to Kayla, Corey, and Aaron. And uh, Kayla is going to tell us what's coming up next. That's right. Up next from noon to 1 o'clock, it is Sports Map Radio Network, followed by the Doug Gottlieb Show from 1 to 3, the Rich Eisen Show from 3 to 5, and the Sports 2 with Dave Rooster Beerstein from 5 to 6. Another lengthy reminder here for you. The Sports Zone off tomorrow. Extra point, though, airing from 10 to noon. Then you have normal programming on Friday, off Monday. Monday and Tuesday in observance of the 4th of July holiday here with you Wednesday, Thursday and Friday, which is July 5th through 7th. And then we're off July 10th through 14th on vacation and back with you July 17th. 
You know, I was thinking about this here. You know, we obviously love sports. It's, that's why we're here. It's why we're talking about it. We get excited about it. But is there really anything better than sports and how we see it all actually unfold? Because if you look at this baseball season, preseason power rankings for Major League Baseball, you had teams mm-hmm. like the Padres being talked about. You had teams like the Mets, the Phillies, the Blue Jays. Um, and now you look at... Who are the teams that are exciting? Who are the teams that have elevated themselves in the power rankings that are in those conversations? You have teams like the Rays, the Diamondbacks, the Rangers, the Orioles, the Giants. Um, It's been a lot of fun to just kind of see how all of this unfolds, and that's why sports is so great. Absolutely. I actually think the new rules have really – you know, helped, uh, you know, the Diamondbacks, the Orioles, and the Rays, and I'm probably forgetting somebody else here, but those are the teams that come to mind because they're all very athletic teams. They also have you know, not just, you know, good defensive skill. They also have players that can run, uh, and, uh, you know, it's just kind of fit with those teams. And, and I'd like to say that those teams, like, planned ahead for that, but I don't think anybody could have planned ahead that the rules were going to change so drastically from one season to the next. I just think that they had a lot of good young talent to begin with. And, uh, you know, they've uh, been able to, uh, you know, not I want to say take advantage, but, you know, fully uh, use the rules to their advantage uh, to be so good so far this season. The Diamondbacks hosting the Rays tonight. Zach Eflin for the Rays. Zach Davies for the Diamondbacks. 640 first pitch on Bally Sports, Arizona. You have the Phoenix Mercury losing to the Dallas Wings last night, 77-62. The Mercury did fire Vanessa Nygaard, their head coach, over the weekend. Nikki Blue is in as the interim head coach. The Mercury trying to find something as they have won just two games this season. DirecTV and NFL have reached a multi-year deal to continue carrying the NFL Network. And now you can also carry and get yourself the NFL Red Zone. Uh, DirecTV, DirecTV Stream, and UVerse will all have access. So if you just want the Red Zone and you have one of those platforms with DirecTV, doesn't look like you have to go through uh, YouTube TV in order to just get the Red Zone portion of things. So I guess one everything the, is. The, yeah, one of the greatest inventions of all time, this Red Zone thing. It's great. You know, I. I'm sure the hosts enjoy it, but that's got to be a whole thing because you don't get a break. That's true. <laughs> that is very true. It is. No question. I'm sure there's but, a uh, science to how they are able and capable to get through an entire hosting shift. Yeah, it is impressive. I'll just end it at that because we got to shut up. At least <laughs> I have to shut up. Have yourselves a great Wednesday. The Extra Point will talk with you at 10 a.m. tomorrow.